0: Hey there, and welcome to the Corporate Side Hustler Podcast. And I am your host, Lisa a HR manager by day, Instagram manager by night, a wife, and a mom of two beautiful girls. Now, in 2014, I walked away from the dream job I worked nine plus years to get to. And here's the deal: I said no to this opportunity because I knew in my gut I no longer wanted to climb the corporate ladder, but. I wasn't ready to leave the corporate world. So I created this podcast channel to support you busy women, to maximize your time while juggling all the things. Each week, my guests and I are sharing how you can attract, nurture and connect with your ideal audience with intentionality without spending countless hours online. We get the struggle of the juggle and we want to remind you that you can build and run a profitable side business while working your demanding day job. Thanks for tuning in. Now let's jump into today's episode. All right, Chris, I
1: should say welcome back, not welcome to the show. So welcome back. How are you today and how are things going? Yeah, things are great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited for round two on the podcast. (laughs) And this will be a good and different topic that
0: I know that my audience would love to hear from you. But just in case for any listener that didn't catch the first episode, would you share a little bit about who you are and what you do?
1: Sure. Well, it's actually changed since the first episode a little bit. We've evolved. So my name is Christy Lepley and I am the founder of Moms Who Invest on Instagram. I also have a podcast called Ambitious Money and we we just hit a hundred episodes a few weeks ago. So yeah, it was very exciting. I started that in 2019. And so I'm just really super passionate about helping moms and women be more financially educated so that they can invest and grow wealth for them and their kids.
0: And what I love that you shared is that you've evolved. Can you share a little bit about what caused the shift into yeah. this beautiful path? That you sure.
1: And it, it also kind of plays hand in hand with my corporate career, which is why I love you and everything you do in your show. Because you, I feel like you really... Give us permission to not feel the need to have to quit that corporate job right away, just because we're doing something on the side that we're passionate about. And it also kind of ebbed and flowed with my motherhood journey of like having my second child during COVID and everything like that. So really it started with, you know, I've worked in the corporate world for 14 years, similar to you, you know, I'm a corporate recruiter right now for a big company and I've worked in HR and recruiting. So I do a lot of hiring, salary negotiation, 401k negotiation, like all of the things money related to get people into a very niche specific job. And when I first had my kid in 2017, my oldest just turned five. I just, you know, motherhood really just like came in and knocked me on my butt a little bit, you know, of when I tried to go back to work. And I didn't have, you know, like the stamina that I did prior to going out of maternity leave. And I was also a little lost in motherhood. You know, those first couple months can be super isolating and lonely. And I was I was really looking for something, you know, like some support, some community. And that's when I first kind of got involved in the online space a little bit. Is I had the idea of starting a podcast, but you know, of course, I sat on that for a year. (laughs) And my first experience was actually in an MLM. And so I got like all hyped up into the community that they had to offer. And then I did that for a little bit, but I decided, you know, this wasn't really for me. I wanted to go out on my own. And the thing that I noticed people were coming at me for was social media advice, you know, because I had grown my following at that time. I knew what I was doing. So my stuff was it looked good, you know, it was pretty to look at. <laughs> and and people that were in the MLM with me that are also around were just like, whoa, what's this? I remember I remember being like, Instagram is where it's at and people were like, no, it's not, it's Facebook. And I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, but I've also always been like a very visual person, you know, so I, I was bought in. I like the pictures and all this stuff. So I started talking about social media and I just felt very like and this is just what people wanted of me it wasn't really what i was super passionate about like i knew how to talk about it cuz it worked for me and i knew i like i had a content strategy like i knew what i was doing and all that so it wasn't until i had my second child which was right smack in the middle of the pandemic you know he just turned 2 and so i had him in june of 2020 and i was working a long term contract at that time so i was still full time but I wasn't like full-time in the sense of like having all of the benefits and having FMLA. So when I went out, I worked up until the day I had him. And when I went out, they were like, we don't know if we can take you back. We don't know what's going on in the world right now. Everything's kind of nuts. So just kind of stay in touch. I didn't get a paid maternity leave. I knew that I wasn't getting paid. So I had kind of set myself up to save $15,000 to like float me because I didn't want to drain our savings from this. I also didn't want the pressure to have to go back at like 12 weeks because of the state of the world. I didn't want to put a brand new baby in daycare when like COVID was literally breaking. I didn't know if my husband was going to be in the hospital with me. And so it, it allowed me some like downtime that I feel like I needed. And what really shifted for me then from going, that's what really like, Opened my eyes to this world of investing. And I had always been very money conscious. Like I said, I was like, oh, I can save 15 grand, set it up, done. You know, I've always been that way. And investing just seems so intimidating, like this other world I had. I didn't even know where to start. And I wanted to learn. I wanted to learn for myself. I wanted to learn for my kids. I also was put in a position of like, yeah, I just had a brand new baby, my second child, and I've had like rode on my career this whole time to like afford our life and now it wasn't being taken away, but I also didn't want to go on job interviews right then. You know, I'm like, I don't want to do this. And I had a lot of 401k money, but it was like mixed jobs. So I was like, this is going to be the time I sit down. I'm going to figure this out and I'm going to organize like all of our stuff, but I'm also going to figure this out so that like, I can teach this to my kids. I don't want this to be this like dark thing. that's only for like old wealthy people, you know? And I really did. But what I found out, Lisa, was that when I was trying to learn this for myself, I couldn't find anyone like me to learn it from. It was all old dudes. It was very dry finance books, like hard to figure out. I'd ask people, and they'd be like, "You don't need to know this." I'm like, "Yes, I do." I was should to call the financial advisors at Fidelity and be like, "Tell me about this stuff." And it took me like a solid year to get like a good handle on it, to where I felt comfortable like investing on my own outside of like what my work 401k had set up for me. But I have like rolled everything over to one account. I was managing it then, and I was like, okay. I got this. And I was like, you know, there's something there because I can't be the only woman, mom, entrepreneur that wants to know this stuff, that wants to know how to have, you know, your money making money when you're not. Even though we all like preach online, we love our businesses, we want to work until forever, we're not trying to retire. It's not about trying to retire, it's like have your money making money alongside of you doing you. And that's really what would spark the change in direction.
0: I am so appreciative that you shared it the way that you shared it, because I have now this is my current employer day job wise is now my third large company to work for. And each time that I've left, I literally freaked out for a minute of, okay, well, what do I do now with my 401k? Now that I'm in this new business and now I'm investing into their stocks or receiving some of it back as like a bonus type deal, how do I invest in it? And I'll be honest, I Google things or I have to ask my husband. And I appreciate that you shared. There's no one like you that can connect with women like us that is going to help make it feel easier and less scary to do because whoever you are, we all have some type of date in mind, of when we want to retire, but we're also like, man, I don't know if I've invested the right way in order to make that happen and me I'm putting myself out there. I still don't put the time on my calendar to figure it out because it's that daunting. I'm like, oh my like I don't even know where like what do I really Google to search what I need in order to break it down, which is why I'm glad that we're diving into this topic today, so I appreciate what you shared
1: yeah and i and I love that because that's what it is i I went live on Instagram last week and I was just like spitballing some general stuff. And I was like, you guys can Google this, but you have to know what to Google. If you don't even know what to Google, like you don't get anywhere, you know? And so I at least wanted to create a safe space. I feel like I'm an approachable person. Like a woman would look at me and be like, I could ask her and I wouldn't feel stupid or intimidated, or like, I should already know this information. And I felt like I could deliver it in a way that was easy to understand because investing is really not that complicated. It's just the finance industry has made it feel that way and seem that way. i like, oh, all these scary terms, charts and graphs, you turn on the news. It's like the world is ending, the market's crashing. Blah, 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 blah. And the number one reason women don't invest is out of fear. And it's out of fear of losing my money. money or making the wrong investment. And and that's valid because it you could, you can lose a lot of money if you don't know what you're doing. And like no one wants to lose money. But I feel like we also have, especially as mothers, like this innate thing that's like, I kind of know I should know this. Like I should figure it out a little bit, but I just don't even know where to start. And that's the question that I get the most is people be like, I just don't even know where to start. Yeah. And I think even not knowing where to start is because we don't even know why
0: we should be investing so can you share a little bit i mean even breaking it down for other fellow side hustlers why should we be thinking about investing and then i think we can get to the part of when they reach out to you or if they even know what they need to be Googling.
1: (laughs) Yes. Love it. Love it. Well, okay. So my background, like I said, so I have this 401k, but a lot of people don't, or if you are working on your own, like you have your own side hustle and let's say you don't have corporate America, you need to be on this like now because you don't have corporate America, like putting aside some cash for you. It's all on you, which can sound very daunting in- and scary. And when I come out on Instagram and I'm sharing information about like retiring early, a lot of people are like, is that really even what I want? I didn't even know that was a possibility in life. And so I want you to know it is the possibility in life. I don't want you to think of retirement so much as an age as a dollar amount. How much money do you need to have in order to fund the rest of your life, that's the math equation that you need to be figuring out, not how much money will I have at 65? And is that going to be enough? I like that. I like that. Okay. Okay.
0: Um, Go ahead. We're going to say something else. Yeah.
1: So, just like, you know, everyone's situation is different, everyone's financial situation is different. But if you're listening to this and you're like, how do I even know how to figure that out? A good rule of thumb is just your current expenses. And again, we're kind of overshooting things by this. So, okay, you have more money than you think you will big deal, is to multiply your current expenses by 25, okay? Like your current living expenses, not your salaries, your expenses, okay? Multiply that by 25 and that'll give you some sort of number, all right? Now, of course, in the future, since we're like future projecting, theoretically, you're not going to have the expenses that you have right now. Like right now we're living, if you're in your thirties or your forties, a very expensive time. You likely have a mortgage. You likely have kids that are in childcare. You're paying for sports and camps and like all of this extra stuff that when we are older, we're not, you know, our mortgage will most likely be most of the way paid off. Your kids will be in college. You're not going to have as much expenses, but that'll give you like a ballpark number to kind of shoot for of what you want to have in those retirement accounts. Now, why I'm so passionate about teaching this now and why you need to take action on this now is because now in your 30s and 40s is when you can make a huge impact on that number because of compound interest. So it really isn't going to take you that much money monthly now to have one million, two million dollars in retirement, it 60, 55, whatever, whatever you think that number is for you, that then you can be living off that money. So the other thing that I get. It's people that are like, whoa, what are you talking about? Well, if I have a million dollars, let's say I get it to a million dollars, but then I'm living off of that, I'm going to eventually run out. No, you're not because there is something called a 4% rule. And this is an investing term. This is like how the rich get richer. And people that don't fully understand this can't capitalize on it. And so another goal of mine is like, I want to bring this information. To the masses, right? To women, so they, so you know, they're they're like, "What are you talking about?" Okay, that makes sense. Like, then how do I set this up for myself? Like, how do I do this? Is you don't need a million dollars to spend a million dollars. The million dollars then becomes an asset, and it's generating money on its own because the stock market, on average, returns around ten percent. Okay, so if you have a million dollars invested in the stock market, it's not just sitting in a savings account that is generating around 10% annually. So you can take that money out to live on and you're never going to drop below that million dollars.
0: Got it. Okay. Let's, swim upstream a little bit to make sure that this is all sinking in. Cause you're giving us so many good golden nuggets along the
1: way. I know it's a lot. It's a
0: lot. You're doing great. You're doing great. Cause I, I honestly like I'm writing it down and it's all connecting. The first piece is when you said, take your current expenses and times it by 25, just making sure it's clear for everyone. It's like a year's worth of expenses, a month's worth, like making sure we know what that. Right. Yeah. So it would be like your current living expenses for a month. For the month and then times that by 25. Okay. And then you went into the compound interest. But what I love, I want to highlight real quick is that you said, Hey, we're not too late. If you're actually in your thirties or forties, this is actually a great time to be doing it. And I wanted to throw this out there that that's also this common misconception I have is that I'm already too old. I think I've missed the mark. No, I missed the mark, but missed the timing to make it bigger. And I don't know. So I wanted to see if you can maybe share a little bit more why it's not. Too late for us that are in our
1: late 30s, early 40s. Right. Okay. So I'm 40. So I just turned 40 this year. Okay. So this is this is where we're at. So if you're younger, you got more time than I have. Okay. All right. If I were to start, so let's say I have zero dollars. Right. I have nothing. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm 40. I just heard this podcast. I have nothing. What do I do? I thought I missed the boat. If you invest $500 a month every month for the next 30 years, I know that sounds a lot, but $500 isn't that hard to get your hands on, right? you will have a million dollars it will compound to a million dollars in by 30 years but the beauty of it is you've only put in about 180 grand like if you're doing 500 dollars a month that only equals about 180 grand of your money that you've worked for and you've put in the rest is from compound interest. So it compounds on each other and it grows over time. So yes, the time you have in the market is what matters the most. Like the longer you can let that money sit there, the more it's going to be. That's just like the law of compounding. Like the longer you can sit there and have it and not use it, the more money that it's going to be. But you have not missed the boat. Now, even at 50, you haven't missed the boat. You just need to put more money in.
0: Got it. Okay, so maybe this is a good transition because I feel like now, if someone, if I just times my monthly expenses by 25, so now I have this ballpark number, ballpark mm-hmm. number, and I'm agreeing that, you know what, 500 seems reasonable. 500 right now a month seems reasonable. How would I know where I should be putting this money? So I guess it's kind of like the where do I start investing this? So I'm mm-hmm. ensuring that the compound interest is happening. Sure.
1: So compound interest happens regardless of where you're actually putting the money, but where you're putting the money matters. So I am talking specifically about index funds. I'm not talking about crypto. I'm not talking about a single stock, okay? So of course, investing sounds super scary because we've all had like that story or heard that uncle or so-and-so like, I invested all my money in the stock market and I lost it all. Or I, you know, it's just like inevitable. Someone has, or someone in the family, it's like, oh, that's, that doesn't work. And it's like, okay, because they bet on a stock. And that's literally like betting on horses. You have a 50 50 shot of it going up or going down. And it can even be a booming company. I'll give you an example for myself. Okay. So when I first started like investing on my own, like outside of my work 401k and stuff, I was like, okay, I'm going to invest in things I understand because that's something else I teach. Like, don't invest in things you don't understand. So, honest company, which every mom knows what honest company is. And I'm not knocking it. Okay. Like the diapers are in my house. Okay. Came public. And I was like, well, I know what that is. I'm going to buy it because I know what that is. It's good. I don't see honest company going anywhere. I don't see them going belly up. I'm going to go buy the stock. Right. Luckily I didn't like buy it with my whole life savings. I threw like a thousand dollars in and I was like, I'm going to buy this. That's a good investment. Right. It's worth like half right now. Now, am I going to get that money back if it sits there? I don't know because it's one stock. I put all my eggs in one basket. I didn't put all my money in one basket, but all my eggs in one basket. So what index fund investing allows you to do is it diversifies it automatically for you. And so you're actually buying 500 to 4,000 stocks by buying one fund. Okay. So I'll just talk about the S&P 500 because it's like the most basic AF index fund, it's been around the longest since like 1920. And it on average returns 10%. Last year it did 26%. This year it has not done so well. But if you think 26%, that's a lot. That's a lot if you have hundred grand and you just made 26 grand for doing nothing, right? You could pull your 26 grand out. You still have hundred grand sitting there. So on average has returned around 10% over the past 100 years. It stands for the standard and 500. That is are the top 500 United States stocks in the stock market today. So it holds Apple, Google, Tesla, Facebook. You don't have the pressure or, to go out and pick one and hope for the best, hope it doesn't crash, hope it doesn't go down because you have a mix of all of them. Another great thing about index funds are their self-cleaning, which means if a stock isn't performing that well, the fund automatically will drop them. So you're not having to go in and decide like, hmm, well, Facebook did really well, but Tesla didn't. Should I get rid of Tesla? I don't know. I'm hoping for the best here. It automatically does it for you. Now, if you're thinking that doesn't sound that complicated, like I feel like it should be harder than that. It used to be 20 years ago. And 20 years ago, isn't that long ago? 50 years ago, women couldn't even have bank accounts. But 20 years ago, if we put ourselves in our parents' era, you had to literally know a broker, go find him, right? Go meet him at his office, bring your coin sack, have him write you out a stock on a sheet of paper. Like it, it was that hard, right? But literally the internet changed all of that. And you can buy stocks as easy as you can pay a bill online. And you should, you should work it into your monthly plan. Like I'm going to buy this fund every month. I'm going to set, you know, I'm going to pay my cable bill, my mortgage, $200 into this. And that's really what's going to set you up ahead. Not one stock you picked, hitting it out of the ballpark or not waiting till you have that lump sum of 10 grand and investing it. Investing consistently over time is really where you start to see that wealth pick up. So- This
0: is why I'm glad that you went a little bit deeper with it because for those of us that are truly in our forties, even closer to fifties, we remember the broker type situation. That's literally what I was doing in college. I remember going to someone's office and having to explain everything and then leaving feeling like dumbstruck. Like I hope that they're just going to do what they said because all I saw was like numbers in my head and I had no idea what they were talking about. Now I'll be honest, when you say index funds, I, I'm a I it's visualize I can visualize what you're saying and what it means. Curious if it's also a platform. And what I mean by that, I use a platform called Betterment, and Betterment has index funds tied to it. So, curious for those of us that are listening and they're like, oh my gosh, I am truly starting from scratch, whether I'm a side hustler or I'm a full time in my corporate world and I want to start doing things that I own. What would you recommend that they do to make sure that they're distinguishing that index fund is a component within a platform or is it separate? Just to make sure it's super clear for them if they don't
1: know. Okay. I'm going to break it down for you and you guys are going to get this. I promise. So yes, investing is a two-step process. You need an account and an index fund is the investment you purchase within the account. Okay. So the account is like your 401k is an account. You own index funds within the 401k. Okay. Like you live in your house, but there's multiple rooms within your house. Okay. So betterment is great, is a platform that's purchasing index funds for you. So you're not having to go do it. And you probably filled out something saying like, this is how risky I want to be. This is how comfortable I want to be. This is my age. And they're just doing it all for you. That's great. You can go to Fidelity, Vanguard, Ameritrade, any major brokerage firm like that, open an investment account and then purchase index funds. I do not recommend people starting out with Robinhood. And the reason for that, like Robinhood did a good thing of like getting young people to invest because the more you invest your money, the more money you're going to have over the long term. What I don't like about Robinhood are two things. If you open an account with Robinhood, it's straight to a taxable brokerage account. So you actually get zero tax benefits for having that account. Okay. You want to maximize your tax efficient accounts first. Before moving to a taxable brokerage, you want that to be kind of last on your list. The other thing is, they really gamify trading. So, your phone dings, you get like stars, and it's like ding, 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 or it'll send you like a message being like, this stock is crashing, making giving you that anxiety. The same thing with Instagram like, are my reels doing good? Let me check the platform 50 times. You know, you want to straight up like set it and forget it. Like, to be a good investor, it's actually pretty boring you just you buy the same thing. You have your the same amount of money. Maybe you get a bonus and you want to throw some more money in there or whatever, but you just do the same thing every month. You stay the course regardless of what the market is doing. and And that's really what's going to set you further in the long haul. And the reason that... I'm super passionate about one investing, women investing, but also investing for your kids. And that's why I really niched down so specific on the Instagram account specifically and calling it Moms Who Invest was because I wanted people to come across that and be like, I wanna learn this or I don't. Like it's very black and white, (laughs) you know, if you should be here or not. And investing, like I said, for the long haul is really what's going to set you up. Most of us in our 40s, our first experience with investing was a work 401k, you know, or maybe if you were lucky enough, you had a parent that kind of knew about investing and they helped you set up a Roth IRA on the side, you know, but I highly doubt unless you were uber wealthy and like grew up with that wealth that your parents had set up accounts for you. And nothing against your parents. My parents do this for me either. They just, they didn't know. Like we didn't have the resources to be able to find this information. But now we do because we have the internet and kids have so much time, so much time in the market. Because if you think you and me, when we started investing like 26, 27, maybe, you start them at five, they're freaking a millionaire at 40, okay? And it's and you're not even putting up that much money. I'm talking like a hundred bucks a month, you know, or like a lump sum of like five grand. And a lot of people are like, well, I don't know if I want my kid to be a millionaire. Okay. Well then do it in an account that you manage and decide if you want to give it to them, you know, but like, why not capitalize on that free growth, which is compound, compound interest, which is your money, making money on top of it and decide what you're going to do with it. But like, what a gift you didn't hustle or grind for this. Like you're literally working the system, you know, like this is how the rich get richer. And this is like what I want every mom to at least have the the knowledge to know, A, this is possible and B, you can do it if you want to do it.
0: So because we're getting close to time, I want to end on this because this is really key to what you teach and why I love watching your reels because Every time I watch it, it reminds me that Jay and I are doing the right things, which is similar to what you just talked about. Our families did not provide that for us, not because they didn't want to. It's because they were not knowledgeable enough to know how to invest for us. And Jay and I are still paying off our college tuition <laughs> to this day. And we are putting in funds right now for our kids. And we're doing very similar to what you said, which is something super simple. We're doing 150 a month for each child with the goal that when they turn a certain age, to your point, point, I didn't it's called compound interest but when they have those funds for them they can decide what they want to do with it meaning if they're going to do college tuition payoff maybe they want to start their own business at 18 maybe they help they want to continue to invest it but it's uh, well, i should say him cuz he has he's you guys would probably get a long great over coffee talking about this cuz he's helping I can do <laughs> but what i appreciate about you is that you've truly really simplified it in about 25 minutes for those of us that are like, I don't even know where to begin, which leads me then to my next question. So Christy, can you share a little bit more how my listeners can learn more from you? And if they wanted to do some one-on-one, what would that look like? Because I'll add those links in the the show notes, but we'd love to hear from you.
1: Sure. So the first thing is get all the free content you can. Okay. So my podcast, Ambitious Money Podcast, comes out weekly every Tuesdays. Again, it's pretty self-explanatory. I'm going to be talking about money, you know, but I can go longer and in depth on the show than I can on an Instagram post. Follow moms who invest on Instagram. I just started this account. I walked away from my bigger account a month ago. And so I'm very, very excited. I feel like it's like my little baby and we're growing and I have 200 followers, or I call them 200 community members of like moms that want to learn about investing. And it's so good. Like we were just chatting before this, Lisa and I were, cause she actually inspired me to pull the plug on a bigger account. Cause my account had been around since Instagram started when we were all taking pictures of our feet, you know, and like hashtag cheeseburgers. And so it just like, it was a lot of dead weight on that account, you know? And I couldn't, I was trying to make it work and it like, wasn't working for me anymore. And I felt myself like, you know, dreading to even like go on there. And so this is like fun. I love it. I'm, I'm just so glad I was like, screw the follower account. We're starting over. So follow the account. I have a freebie. It is the ultimate guide for investing for women. It's a free 10 page download that I personally made. I really wanted a guide with all of the terminology, the account information for you to be able to look at print off, put wherever reference when you want. I also have an investing for kids workshop. It's called rich kids, and we are going to be launching our summer session in July. So I can give you a link to pre-register for that. If you're interested. Love all of that.
0: So several of those links are going to be in the show notes, but I cannot stress this enough just reached out to Christy on Instagram. She is this welcoming in person or in the DMs, I should say, as she is on this podcast episode. She is a wealth of knowledge and I am seriously so grateful to have you for the second time on this podcast.
1: Thank you so much. I love being here. So fun today.
0: Thank you. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, here's what I want you to do. Take a quick screenshot of you listening to the Corporate Side Hustler podcast and upload the image to your Instagram stories and tag me in it at the Corporate Side Hustler. I would love to hear from you and connect with you on Instagram. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'll see you the same time next week. Until then, enjoy the rest of your day. Bye for now.